Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we're committed to resourcing people in worshiping God and serving others meaningfully for community transformation. Here is the week's teaching. So I was reflecting today about ministering to the Lord and I thought we would together reflect on it. So ministering to the Lord. So as I thought about ministering to the Lord, this story came to me. <clears throat> now, let me just say this up front. There's going to be a few people that this message resonates with. You are the ones I came for. A lot of the people are probably not in a place where they are capable of perceiving this. But there are some people who are. Let's look at that scripture in Samuel. So you know that a lady called Hannah desperately wanted to have children. And for some reason she could not. And she used to go and sacrifice to the Lord in Shiloh or Shiloh, depending on where you come from. And one time she was in a desperate prayer mode. And the Lord answered her. And she had a son named Samuel. Okay? So she has Samuel and she says to the priest who was Eli, she brings, so she didn't come back a few years because she had just had a baby. And then when she came back, she brought the, the child as she had promised the Lord. Now when I was looking at this whole thing of ministering to the Lord, it was in the book of 1 Samuel that I found the most compelling case. So let's read this together. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. Okay, let's go with Shiloh. Tonight it's Shiloh. And the child was young. All right, I now need you to lock in. And then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. So they made a sacrifice. And she said, oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. Let's continue. For this child, I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. Forget the eye. They worship the Lord there. Now, I said this may not resonate with everyone, 
But there are some people here who have ideally, seriously speaking, this should be every follower of Christ. But unfortunately, that's not the truth. Because people have priorities in life, you know what I mean? But there are people that God has called and they have answered that call for God to be their priority in life. Right? Other people have priorities, family, spouse, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, work, career, influence, money, and all of that. But there are some people here, here, up there and down here, who know for sure you are not, like for you, while some things are, like Paul says, permissible, For you, they are not permissible. While some things are permissible, but not beneficial to all, for you, they are not even what? Permissible because you know that you have been called to offer your life to the Lord. Does that make sense? Now, it doesn't make the other people bad or sinful. It's just that that's it for you. Because Hannah had other children. They all didn't go to the temple. They lived normal lives. You could hasten that they also didn't write history. But that's not the point of tonight. Okay? But there are people God has called for himself. History makers who are like Samuel. Now, I need you to reflect on this a bit. Anyway, so she comes after one year. She has had the baby. And she presents him. She brings an offering and what? Let's continue. Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah. This is the father and the mother. But the child, the what? Not the teenager, not the young adult, not the man, the what? The child ministered to the Lord before Eli, a priest. I. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what the meaning of the I. Oh, first Samuel. Okay. These guys are clever. You know, I'm like, what's the I? So I want you to imagine Kirk David, who has just woken up from a brief nap. You take him with, I take him with Ari and say, this is a child of what? Promise. You are a child of promise. Okay? Because indeed he is. And then you take him some place far away where you go only once a year. And at that age, because it said she weaned him. The moment she, had, she managed to win him, mother's, what is winning age? 
two, three. Okay, two. Okay, two. Two. Oh, people, people. Order in the house. Two. And then they went after a year, okay? So, three years. Three year old. I have lent him to the Lord. And what does the Bible say in that second sentence? The child ministered to the Lord. Let's continue. We are building a case, Mangumangia. But Samuel ministered before the Lord. This is not in order. As you may notice, we are now in another part of the same chapter. He says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child wearing a linen effort. Look at that next line. Like, don't try this at home. But moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Now, I want you to reflect upon every time you've sung, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you. And I want you to reflect upon the faith with which you've been singing that song. God has called you. What has maintained its importance in your life that is hindering you from ministering to the Lord? I started by telling you today we are talking about ministering to the Lord. Of course, as you may have noticed, even from all the songs we sang today, this is PPN. I believe in miracles. I believe in answered prayer. I'm big on what God has done for us. I'm big on receiving, man. I walk by faith. If the Father has it for me, it's mine. I'm ready. I love the word Julius gave. My father loves you. I love you. And you are part of our family. Oh. Oh. And I hope you understand that. Because in a way you have to understand that. Not to misunderstand what I'm saying. Because when you don't understand that. Everything I'm saying looks like. A life sentence. But let me tell you. Look at it. With your life in your hands, with your pursuits, what dent have you made in the universe? 
Some of us are approaching the halfway mark of our lives. It's usually a good time to evaluate. Madrid. It's usually a good time to evaluate when you're losing at half time. By losing, I don't mean you're doing so badly in life. No, you're doing so well in life and you know that God called you. And you know that that so well in life that you're doing is not what God called you to do. I read a post by Charity. Where is Charity? Atwine yesterday at her, on, on her blog. That just, just because you've, you've been doing it wrong for so long does not mean that time will correct it. Like if you're moving in the wrong direction and the assumption that, no, let's keep moving, somehow we'll end up being going in the what? In the right direction. Some of us have been doing our marriages wrong for so long. And somehow we are praying for divine what? Intervention. While continuing. Where was I? Well, how did we end up there? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm big on receiving, but today we are talking about ministering to the Lord. Like, how about if all those things you have been believing God for for all these years don't happen? Okay, at least they don't happen the way you expect it. One guy was told, you're going to be a father of many nations. He had only one son of promise. Like you can go to your grave thinking, is that many nations? Say, like, God, your view of many nations amazes me. Moreover, even the one who finally came out after 25 years of walking by faith and doubt, God shows up and says, sacrifice. Thankfully, the Bible doesn't show us the details of Abraham's conversation with God. We just say he went. So imagine Mother B3 taking a linen effort for Soraya once a year. For the rest of her life. And that once a year is not a visitation. You're seeing her because you've gone to sacrifice to the Lord. But because you're going to go to where the child is, you're like, let me take a small coat. Ministering the Lord. Next. Now the boy. That we've moved from child. Afadali now we are talking about maybe 10 years. It's like, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before. Eli. All this while under authority. 
Now, if you read about Eli's priesthood and his sons, you'll be like, <laughs> no way. Like, this boy has no future under this tutelage. Some of us, the thing that's hindering us is we, we want to be our own person. Today we went out with the children and other with our children, many families. We were sharing some things that came on the plate. And people, you know, they will usually eyeball what looks best to them. And they want to pick that one. Then I'm telling them, no, you know what, children. When they send a plate with either food, cake, whatever, you have to pick the piece that's nearest to you. Children. <laughs> you know, you may think that that's just about being polite, but there's a deeper meaning to that. And understand, listen. The deeper meaning is that you're trusting the wisdom of God who decided that by the time the plate reached you, the piece that's pointing to you is the one that's pointing to you and is the one that's yours. Do you get it? And trust his providence His sovereignty, his, that, that that one, big or small, that's the one. That's how you train yourself to follow the Lord. It's in small things. The thing they give you, the seat they give you, it might be unfavorable. That, that's, that's the one. You're trusting God that from there, that's where he's going to pick you from. See, David, they brought all his brothers. And the father even forgot. Said, we are done. And the, and the prophet is like, isn't there one more? They're like, dang, there is one! How many of us would have loved to be Eliab to be the first ones to be brought in? God has already decided. God has already decided your path, whether you fight or not. And by the way, fighting doesn't help. In fact, the kingdom is not for go-getters. The kingdom is not for go-getters. Everything about the kingdom of God operates in reverse to the world. To be loved, love. To receive, give. To be great, serve. To to go up, go down. To get it, leave it. Yeah, some of us, we are bearing many wounds and heartaches because of our go-getting attitude. You think God does not know you and your path and where you are and that in two years' time you're going to need to buy a house. I was listening to Chris Vallotton's book, Poverty, Riches, and Wealth, and he's in another city where he doesn't even know anyone, and he's ministering to people. 
and he prays for people for over an hour. And this one last guy in the line says, I'm not here to be prayed for. And he says, what do you want? He says, like, God told me to clear your mortgage. $480,000. And Chris is like, first go and talk to your pastor and bring, I need confirmation in writing that God is speaking to you from your pastor. He's like, dude, just help me. Just help me. God told me if I clear your mortgage, I can buy whatever boat I want. And Chris is like, no, no, no. He even leaves that, the, he leaves, he was in Southern California, Reading, where they live is in Northern. He goes back to Reading, and this guy keeps pestering him, phone calls, emails, what? He says, okay, if you really think it's the Lord, that's the bank account. The guy wires the money, clears the mortgage, and two days later sends him a picture of a beautiful boat. It's like, finally I can have my boat. And yet for many of us, when they tell you, just give 10%, that's partnership. You have a partner in God. You are running a business. You own 90% of the equity. He only owns 10. Every time the profits come in, you, you chew your 90% and the other guy's 10%. But you expect him to continue in this what? Partnership. Because he's good. Like I have a business partner. He only owns 10%, but I find it difficult to pay him his 10% dividends. I end up chewing all of it. Where were we? The boy. Now, when you're still haggling over 10%, your life is, does not belong to the Lord. Let's face it. You are your own master and you've pasted Jesus on to make things look good. Mind you, I'm a grace preacher. I need to remind you, I'm a grace preacher. All your sins were forgiven. Past, present, and future. You're the righteousness of God. You're God's beloved son. You are a member of his family. You are even his business partner. It's just a small challenge about you making that a reality. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. The boy has, he was a child, now he's a boy, let's say this is 10 years later. The guy is faithful ministering to the Lord, but there is no revelation. How many of you serve in places and then you're like, mm -mm, I'm not feeling God moving here. Then you move to another fellowship. Then you are there for a few months. Like, then you find something out. You find out that the people who run that fellowship are also what? Human beings. Then you move to another one. I was listening to Andrew Mark this morning. He said something profound. He said that 
You know, if someone died here and I talk because I've raised a dead, it is and they said God is powerful, he can raise a dead, everyone would be excited. And he says, But when it comes to now it's time to do it, if I said you're the one going to do it, everyone would be in dread. You trust that God is going to hear my prayers, not yours. And the only reason you think like that is because you know you more than you know me. If you knew me the way I know me, you would not trust my prayers. If you knew Mose the way Mose knows Mose, or the way Ari knows Mose, you would never sit here and bimbo, that guy, God is using him, what? You'd just be like, this is a total joke. So many of us prefer environments where we don't know the people. Because when we get to know them, then we are stumbled, then we don't receive from them. The child became a boy. He was witnessing Eli's sons, Phineas, and who? Omri, is it? Sleeping with women in the temple, taking part of the offering before it was given, contrary to the Lord's command, for years. And being in an environment where there was no word of the Lord coming forth because of those people's sin. And he stayed because his life was in the Lord's hands. He was there to minister to the Lord. Whatever it is that you're serving, who are you serving? The entitled you this message was just for people. Next. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him in spite of all that chaos. And let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. With time, as you minister to the Lord, the Lord confirms to the people around you that that is your appointment. That's your ministry. That's your destiny. When you don't waver, show me a man in the Bible who moved from place to place wavering and was mightily used of God. Or a woman for that matter. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Again. This is after those, that guy's sons have died. I think something like that. The Lord appeared again. Look at the next, the next part. We are talking about ministering to the Lord. I need you to get this stuff. For the Lord. This part is important. The last verse. Revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Revealed himself by his word. Some of you are looking for an experience. You'll get it. But it won't establish you. 
you must let the Lord reveal himself to you by his word. Because his word is dependable. He says, heaven and earth will pass away. My word will not pass away. He says he has exalted his word above all his name. The Lord revealed himself to Samuel by the word of the Lord. What's the next verse? Let's first go back. Go back up. Let me throw some more light here on something else. So I want you to think about Jesus. The disciples and the people they ministered to. Readers of the Gospels, you are with me? There are four books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Jonah. Sulamone Acts. There are people who Jesus ministered to. Loves of bread. Like bread so good, they were willing to hire boats to cross the lake to get some more of it. Look, when bread is from heaven, it's going to cause chaos on the village, and it did. Some of you, when you read 5,000 people were fed, you just think it was bad bread, which, oh, my dear, that was heavenly bread. And it was so good, it made mature people abandon their family responsibilities. Cross from their villages and where they say, to another side of the lake to get some more of it. Have you ever eaten bread like that which causes you to go like, today I'm not coming to work. (laughs) I'm going to find bread. Okay, so bread, uh uh-huh, miracles, but myas, that there was that woman in where, where, Cyro, that one, the guy by the pool, huh, 14 years, is it 38 years, pick up your bed and walk, stretch your hand, give me stories, tell me the stuff Jesus did. Phoenician woman, that's the one I was looking for. Uh-huh. Blind who? Blind Batmaias. Centurion servant. Lazarus. Tent makers. Ten lepers. I was like, tent makers. I'm, look, I'm scanning the gospels for tent makers and I can't find it quickly enough. Ten lepers. So, all those people, by the grace of God, experienced heaven. They touched heaven. The woman with the issue of blood. All those people touched heaven through Jesus. When you read this scripture, we've come to use a lot around here, Luke 6. He says and the people came from all Judea, Decapolis and wherever, and as many as touched him, they were all healed. They never made history. The people who made history are the guys who ministered to Jesus. The ones who suffered ridicule, chaos, 
who took the journey all the way to Jerusalem fled on the night of arrest. Some crawled back through the night until one woman is like, you speak like a Galilean. Like, Omusajasimumanyi. <laughs> Emma, you're giving away your true age. <coughs> and then Jesus is resurrected and there's all this doubt and then they are beaten, they are whipped, they are crucified. Some upside down. When we get to heaven, you think how many miracles will Peter be testifying about that Jesus did for him. Praise the Lord. I thank the Lord so much. Oh, Paul, for that matter. Who raised the dead and what, and yet lived with infirmity in his own. Says we were with you in many tears. Says we despaired unto death. Second Corinthians. Ministering to the Lord. Like, and then says, but we already had a sentence of death in ourselves. We already decided this thing is worth dying for. And then he says that death is working in us, but life in you. Death is working in us, but life in you. What side of that equation do you want to consistently find yourself? Next. So, of course, by now people are saying, Where no, I have crack. I need to be ministering to the Lord. But what on earth is that? So in the, in the New Testament, we find, uh, in the book of Acts, we find a small glimpse of it. And I think on the overall view of scripture, we'll find many other parts that sort of give us a clue, right? But this is the part where it was very clear uh, how these people were ministering to the Lord together. This is Acts chapter 13. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called... Niger. There is a country in Africa called Niger. Oh, Niger. Okay, that's French. Okay. Niger. Lucius of Cyrene. Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. As they ministered to the Lord and did what? And fasted. The Holy Spirit said, now, I, did, I need to understand this. They were not ministering to the Lord and fasting so that they could hear from the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a case of 
Omanyi, we need to hear from the Holy Spirit. Let us minister to the Lord and fast. No, 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 no. Ministering to the Lord and fasting was part of the deal. And then in the process, the Holy Spirit spoke. Am I making sense? You know, we've turned this thing around in our generation. We seek God for something. Bill Johnson said that the people who pursue intimacy with other results in mind are called something. The people who pursue intimacy may be for money or for a car. Right? You get the picture. People who don't pursue intimacy for intimacy's own sake. We come up with all sorts of labels which don't help, but anyway, that they are there. So, I know many of you have been fasting this past week and some the other week and I know some are going to continue next week and continue ministering to the Lord. Let me just not put it in a question. Let me put it in a statement. Don't do it for any reason. Don't fast to improve your marriage. Don't fast to get a, a, a visa. <laughs> visa, you just apply and your bank balance needs to be good. <laughs> do, I, do you understand? <laughs> do not pursue God for his staff. God has called you, knowing him, being known by him, being loved by him, is more than enough for you. Let me tell you, seriously speaking, in our generation, we are too distracted by what we want God to do for us. All those people that Jesus did stuff for, where are they? They were not even in the upper room. Like all that bread didn't let them to say, this is that son of God. We should follow him. No. I've seen people receive ridiculous miracles and still turn away from God. Like, like what more miracle do you need? And I've seen people without that miracle change the world with their weakness, with their thing. They're like trusting God, ministering to the Lord. Now, don't for a moment think that I'm advocating not believing God for great things. If you've been around me long enough, you know that that's wrong. For me, I'm believing God to be a billionaire in dollars, just in case you've never known. Now you know it's public knowledge. I know where I was when God spoke to me. I can tell you the time of date was the street, the spot when God told me about that. That's why when it comes to faithfulness with finances, you, you can do your practices. I have mine. 
Because I know that there is no amount of work or innovation I will ever do as Moses that will ever make me a billionaire in dollars. It has to be a supernatural thing. I mean, if you're looking for 100 million shillings, just work hard. That one, just work hard. You don't even need a lot of wisdom. But some people here, they are believing for things where you, no amount of hard work, it has to be God for it to happen. And you have to be trusting. Hmm? So I'm big on receiving from God. But you know what? We all have to be in the place where you're like, I I'd better not hesitate when God says, bring that. Like, we need to set up our lives to be able to go when we need to go. They sent them away. So one of the ways we minister to the Lord is prayer and fasting. Now, as you can see in this text, eh? here is the... This, I'm not here to talk about prayer and fasting. I'm just giving it as an example. But I want you to see a detail in this text. So, here the, the, these guys, they are ministering to the Lord, fasting. Eh? And of course, praying. Eh? And then, it doesn't say how long it had been going on. Finally, the Holy Spirit comes and brings Remawad. Separate Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them. Then you think immediately the fast should be broken. The Lord has spoken. No. These people continued fasting. But then having fasted and prayed. You're like, man. Come out of that. The prayer. The, the, what do they call it? The closet. The Lord has spoken. No. Don't get into the closet for a word. Huh? Minister to the Lord. Mose, minister to the Lord. Next, next. Psalm says in Psalm 27 verse 8, together, when you said, seek my face, my heart say to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Not your hand, not your ability. What say to you? My heart. Friends, the thing that's going to change your life radically until you become completely irrecognizable by your peers is ministering to the Lord. Okay, let's finish. It says in Isaiah 26, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, with my soul, 
I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you when? Let, let me tell you something. I will seek you. I'm told some people are morning people, some people are night people, and all of that, which is okay. I think there's something about the moment you wake up to say the first minutes of my day belong to God. This Valaton said something profound. I'd never even thought about it. He said, and, and watch this. He said, and I'm going to use a financial example to make this example. He said, the tithe is not just the 10% of your income. It is the first 10%. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Some people are getting grammar right now, eh? Yeah? It's not, I made 10 million, I gave to the Lord 1 million, blessed be the name of the Lord. No. <laughs> Did you first spend on other things before you gave to the Lord the 1 million? So, when you have 12 hours of Dead daylight or morning or work, whatever, whatever long it is. It's not just that wanna go lunch time. Yes, give him lunch time. But give him the first hours. Jesus, we see consistently, consistently that Jesus always went to the Father early morning. There is a reason. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. How will his judgments be in the earth? And how will the inhabitants of the, of the earth learn righteousness? When I desire him in the night and seek him early. Last scripture. As they prepare to unleash the communion upon us. But at midnight, <laughs> Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, moreover. And the prisoners were listening to them. What were they doing? They were ministering to the Lord. One of the ways you minister to the Lord is through singing, praising. So you've seen praying, you've seen fasting. We've seen singing. Of course, if you look at Matthew chapter 5, 6, 6, you see that also giving is one of the ways we minister. Because even later on, Jesus said that whatever you did for the least of these, you did unto me. So generosity with God and with people is one way of also ministering to the Lord. Doesn't make sense. No, you're not just helping out the brother. You are ministering to the Lord. Anyway, 
they were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. You know, every time we see this scripture, we always teach it from the perspective of if you want chains to be broken, better get your praise on. If you want to get out of the prison, better get your praise on. Because we don't read it to the end. Look what happened next. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself, but Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, we are all. In other words, the point of praising and praying was not prison break. <laughs> because if that was the point, the moment the chains were loosed and the doors were open, what would have happened? There would have been an Olympic race out of that prison into all of Philippi. Eh? Mukama lesechi? Breakthrough. And the Lord opened the door, broke the chains, mm. and they're just there. Like the point of our singing was not to get out of here. It was just we were, we've been beaten, we are bleeding, we are wounded, we have sores, blood all over. But the one who called us we are so privileged to know him, to be known by him, to be called by him that regardless of circumstance, we can't help but praise him. And breakthrough comes and like, we are not looking for the breakthrough. Brethren, and I speak to me as I speak to you. It's time to learn to minister to the Lord. Many of us here are worship leaders. We all have our point in the song list when you need something to have happened. Then we sweat it, we strive it, we work it, we push it. You pull that extra ad lib, you tell the pianist to do something. You're like, just. How about if we just did it for the one who loved us? Gave himself for us. Amen. You are not born to be average. God has called you. You know yourselves. You need to go and make some radical changes. Radical changes in how you spend your time, how you spend your money, the kind of connections you make and people you put around yourself.
because you're too valuable. Your call is too valuable. You can't just continue. Are we together? Let us learn to minister to the Lord. Let's give out that bread. Now, as under communion, once you receive yours, please hang on to it until we prayed. As we celebrate the one who called us. I have to think about the apostles. You know, I was reflecting the other day, there's this guy who writes very interesting books. But God didn't save us to make us safe. He saved us to make us dangerous. And we have to be ministering to the Lord. I was just reflecting on the apostles. You know, when you think about it, in terms of pure results, they seem to have got a very raw deal for their lives. Guy falls off a horse and disappears. 14 years. Do they even know what happened to him? There was no WhatsApp. Where did he go? What happened? And today we read about, we read his words and he's alive even now. Yes, we should delight ourselves in the Lord and the things he does for us, but we need to learn to minister to the Lord. Amen. And quite frankly, many of us have way too many, we are like puppets, too many controlling strings upon our lives. Too many, like even God is thinking about it before he talks to you because he's like, man, even if I told this guy something, by the time he has to tell his mother and then about uh, what? It's like for God to speak to you, he has to speak to your mother, to your uncle, to your auntie, to your cousin, to your best friend, to, to, like to convince all of them that he is the one who's spoken to you because you're not going to move without their approval. When we learn to minister to the Lord, we will learn to consider his word above all else. Amen? Amen. Now, I am super confident that a lot of people are encouraged by this message. I'm super confident that you're not feeling condemned because that wasn't, that's not the point. It can never be the point. For the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. And I know that there are people here. There are people here. God is calling people here to give up stuff. God is calling people here to give up friendships. To give up stuff. All those things that we hang on to. The day we go to heaven, they will become useless. All the trophies will lose meaning. The only thing we'll be left with is Jesus. Think of all, of all your important achievements. 
the trouble with earthly achievements is they, they end at the coffin. Somehow they can't keep showing off they can't keep showing off your certificates and what uh, he won whatever. No. Because they are, not, they, they are not for your family. They are yours. They are recognizing your achievements. Who do you think will inherit Usain Bolt's medals? You can't walk around wearing another man's medal and be like, in our family, we Olympians. No. <laughs> Have you heard of Michael Jackson's children lately? One thing matters. Jesus told Martha, and Mary has chosen that one. Ministering to the Lord. Being present with him. Because he's always present with us, but we are not always present with him. Alright, Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for calling us, drawing us out, healing us, reviving us, filling us with your spirit. Your word declares we love you because you first loved us. May we be so cognizant of this first love that our only response is to love you back. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0312-281-555.